Coaches and athletes are often driven by an unquenchable thirst to push the limits of what is achievable. Can we win more games, throw farther, jump higher, run faster? But what if the goal is not to pursue limits, but rather to live in a state where limits are irrelevant? Is it possible that the current emphasis in sports on being the best and outperforming the competition is inferior to what could be experienced? We believe the answer is a resounding yes. As believers, we are designed to recognize and respond to God's activity in our lives. What if there is an entirely different way to interact with God's presence while competing? Can we recognize and respond to God in real time on the court or field? The Created to Be podcast will interview coaches, athletes, and FCA staff to discuss the ways they see God and interact with His activity in their day-to-day lives. The point is that God didn't create coaches and athletes to do. He created them to be. Welcome to the Created to Be podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Pigott, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Helen Clare. Helen Clare competed in the high jump in her time here at State, but has since switched to pole vault. We are excited to have Helen Clare on the show with us today to hear her story. Welcome to the show, Helen Clare. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to talk about Helen Clare's story and how she came to know Christ and also just a recent change for her as she um, has been participating in track her entire time here, but made a major change. But that was a, a, a big interaction with the Lord um, that she uh, had to walk through in order to get to that point. So I just want to remind our listeners today about some words that we've used on this show um, just as we prepare to hear Helen Claire's story today. So just a reminder um, that when we say the word formation, we mean the process of God shaping us into the image of Christ. So as we engage and participate in this formation process, it's by recognizing his activity in our lives and responding to it in real time moments. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear your story, Helen Claire, because it just demonstrates that so well. So this may, this interaction may come through interacting with others or through scripture reading or in worship or maybe hearing scripture taught or even just moments in our day. We see God and we respond. Um, the other topic or word is sharing. And, and when we share our stories, our encounters with God, these moments where we respond to his moving in our lives, this helps all of us navigate, um, our own stories and also learn about ourselves, but then it also encourages other people to press into their stories and continue to press into encountering him. So it's good when we share so that we can all build each other up in the body of Christ. And a new, a new term that I'm going to just kind of mention and talk through just one moment before we hear Helen Claire's story is this topic and word of discernment. So this is kind of can seem a little bit ambiguous at times, this word a little elusive, um, but the best way that I can describe it is it's this process of paying attention to God in our lives. So it's kind of like connecting the dots or seeing patterns or threads as they unfold in our time with him. Um, so for me, it might be interaction with others. It may be listening to sermons, encountering him in worship, just to name a few ways that I see patterns kind of emerge and I have to pay attention to in order to kind of see what God is doing in my life and what he, he what steps he might want me to take. So it's kind of discernment to me is like this ebb and flow in our relationship with the Lord. Um, it requires this responsiveness uh, from us to determine what our next step is in our present reality. So I think that a way to sum up discernment is walking in wisdom. And there's a few verses on that in the Bible. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So this fear is not necessarily like, I'm afraid of God, 
but rather I'm choosing to yield to him in humility, admitting that he, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my ways. And I want to see and know those thoughts so that I can get in cooperation with them. James 1, 5 says, now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. And so we need to to realize that in discernment and walking in wisdom, it's not something that's out of reach, that God says he's he's very willing to give us that wisdom when we ask, and it's not elusive. And so that's what the main thing that I'm super excited about people to hear about your story, Helen Claire, um, just how you did that. And that I think sometimes it may seem that when we, you know, when people say, I heard the Lord say this to me, or I felt like the Lord was leading me to do this. It can seem like maybe to people hearing like, well, that's great for you. But like, you know, I think that we want this answer that's like this. Oh, will you do this first and then this next and then this? And it just works out great. And so I think that listeners are going to be encouraged by your story that it's really kind of a wrestle and a back and forth and looking for God in these different places as he speaks to us. So we're going to get to that towards the end of the podcast. But I would love to hear and you to share just how you first came to know Christ and recognize him in your life and responded to him um, when that was and what that kind of those early days of your relationship looked like uh, with him. Yeah. So I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My, my parents are both strong believers and I was raised in church from the day that I was born. Starting in kindergarten, I began going to a Christian school that I went through, went to until my senior year. I was really fortunate to have that biblical knowledge and to learn the Bible in those ways um, growing up, but originally saved when I was seven and baptized. But I don't think that I had a true relationship with the Lord until much later on. My faith for a long time was going to church on Sunday and Wednesday and doing all the right things and studying for my Bible test and memorizing all the Bible verses, but there was no personal relationship. It was probably until June, end of junior year or senior year of high school that I had a mentor through my church that I began walking with and really began how to have a relationship with the Lord. Through then, I started to grow. Getting into college, I knew like I'm on my own. I don't have my parents telling me to go to church. Like this is a decision I have to make for myself and I have to make my faith my own because it can't be anybody else's. It's just mine. Once I got to college, I began going to church. I was blessed with some solid Christian friends that walked with me through that. And I got plugged in with FCA early on. And that's been a big blessing to just have other athletes that desire to walk with the Lord and not saying that it's perfect all the time. But um, we all have crazy schedules and just seeing how they do it. It was an encouragement to me. Can you talk about a little bit more about like how others have impacted how you've walked with the Lord. Like I know that you mentioned, um, you've mentioned to me before, just like how watching other people and their faith, like you said, you know, at first you were doing all these things, but that it didn't necessarily feel like a relationship. So when and how did that kind of change for you? And what role did other people living their life with the Lord in front of you? How did that impact you? Yeah. So my junior year of college, Mary Beth, she was on the track and cross country team here, started a girls Bible study through FCA. So I began going to that. There was just different athletes from different sports and we got together on Sunday nights and did a Bible study. And it was just great having that community and being able to walk with them. Through that, I became friends with Mary Beth and she encouraged me to go to Denver with her and intern with FCA in the greater Denver area. That was terrifying for me. I did not want to go across the country, spend nine weeks there. I knew absolutely nothing. 
about it, but she really challenged me in that. And I just felt the Lord pulling me to go. Like it was just an unshakable feeling that mm-hmm. that was what I should do. So just stepped out in faith and I think it was like the end of April I decided to go and I was supposed to get there like May 19th living with her and then Maddie Kennedy on the softball team. And then we had another roommate, her name's Sarah. She played lacrosse at DU um, in Denver. So living with them and just seeing how they relentlessly pursued after the Lord every day and just the little things like it's not wasn't anything crazy or big, but starting their mornings by spending time with the Lord and reading his word and journaling and just hearing from him. It was just a big encouragement to me. I was really pushed to not just claim that I was a Christian and, you know, say, try to say all the right things and do all the right things, but day to day be walking with the Lord and seeing by example mm-hmm. how they did that. So it sounds like by observing them, you just saw how they interacted with the Lord and it, it changed or did something to you and how maybe it influenced you. And I'm, I'm curious if there was a difference in, you know, because you were, you know, reading scripture before memorizing verses, things like that. But relationally, I think often in terms of when things shift relationally with the Lord, it's because there's been some kind of shift in our like quiet listening. Like we're, we're attentive to, it's not just reading a book. It's like, we're, we're saying, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? What are you speaking to me? So are there ways that that kind of changed in that season that you maybe observed from them or just started trying? Um, basically, how did you notice? Was there a difference in just you paying attention to the Lord, maybe in a different way than you had prior to that? Yeah. So I think through that, I really learned or began to learn because I'm still not sure. great at it, yeah. but just learning to be quiet and just listening to what the Lord has to say. And I think it was really cool because... Like I said, I had a lot of head knowledge about the Bible, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't very relational before. So once I started pursuing that personal relationship, I found many times that the Lord would bring back to my mind scripture that I had memorized when I was a kid. Yeah. And I would be like, where did that first come from? Like it was perfect for the situation I was in and something that I was praying. So yeah, just learning to listen and then recognizing that when I had those thoughts that that was the Lord mm-hmm. and that the Lord was speaking to me mm-hmm. and to just stop and listen and pray like, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And when he does speak to actually listen mm-hmm. to that and not just hear it and move on. That's such, that's so good because I think that that's the thing is like we want to be in God's word. We want, but it to, for it to just be knowledge and sit there is like, oh yeah, we know all these right answers. It's not really like it doesn't feel so presently active in our day to day, like our decision making, our interactions with others. But as like we are attentive, like I love how you said, like the scripture came to mind and it's like, oh, like this is like this red flag, like, hey, pay attention. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing something in this moment. And I think that's when God is bringing our like conscious mind aware to like, oh, he's here. Like Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And so he's near. His presence is not so far off that we have to like reach for it. Like he's always present. And I think that God uses these things like maybe a significant word that we've been reading in scripture. Someone says in a conversation, that might be something that kind of tips me off. Like, whoa, I need to pay attention right now. Or like you were saying, a verse came up. It's like, oh wait, I need to pay attention right now. And so I think these are really important things um, to help us continue to grow. But also those listening, like this is how I, at least what I know of how God interacts with us. And it's amazing once we sp- start actually responding to those things, 
how we'll see more movement. Like you'll see even more times of him like bringing things throughout your day. And you're like, whoa, this is crazy, you know? Um, so I'm so excited that you mentioned that because I think that's a great segue into your story of, you know, having competed in high jump here. And then you got to kind of this critical decision where you were having to decide after your fourth year if you would, you know, go on and do a master's, whether it be here or somewhere else, um, and move kind of towards your career, investing in your career, or if you wanted to stay. And because of COVID, a lot of athletes got this extra gift of another year of eligibility. So you could stay and do that. But you kind of came to this point of you weren't quite sure if you did stay, if high jump is the event that you wanted to do. So I would love for you to kind of, um, you know, kind of kick that story off. We'll probably take a little break and then come back to finish, but just kind of set the, set the tone and the story so that people have context for what was going on, the decisions you were going to make, um, just kind of where you were at with the Lord in that process. Yeah. So going into my senior year, I knew that I had to decide, was I going to stay for a fifth year? Cause I had that COVID year. I had extra eligibility. So I knew it was an option or would I go on to more schooling, but without doing track. I wrestled with that all throughout the fall and just didn't really know what I was going to do. It was funny because I, looking back on it now, it's funny. I was praying, Lord, if you want me to stay for a fifth year, I'm going to have to jump really good because I'm not going to stay here if I'm not jumping well. And I don't know what I was thinking praying that, (laughs) thinking I was going to give the Lord an ultimatum. (laughs) That was just my prayer throughout the fall. And I think it was kind of my own way in my head thinking, oh, I can weasel out a good season and then also, you know, get an answer. So I really wrestled with it throughout the fall, kind of decided later on that I probably would stay and get my master's. But I still wasn't sure if I was going to do track. It came around in indoor season that I just kind of had the idea of what if I pole vaulted again? Because I pole vaulted all throughout high school, loved it. It was my favorite event, but never did it in college. And remind me, there was something about your story, too, where you heard the Lord whisper something to you. Remind me of that part. Yes. So it was maybe like our third indoor meet of last season. Uh, maybe like midway through January. I'd already had the idea about pole vaulting, but I just didn't really, I hadn't seen a good time to bring it up to my coach because it was just kind of a wild idea. And I was like, how would I go about this? So I had been praying about it and wrestling just with how I should approach it and what I should do. Not only with that, but just my next step because I needed to apply to grad school soon. And there were just a lot of things that I needed to do. And I felt like I was just waiting. And so we were at a meet in Clemson. That was when I had been praying and I heard the Lord say, will you trust me and stay here even if you don't get the answer that you want? And it wasn't like an audible voice, but it was just, I heard it just in my spirit. Like I just knew, like it was in my head. I I knew that it was the Lord speaking. So it was in that moment after that meet, like on the bus ride back, I was just thinking about it the whole time. And I was like, I this not what I wanted to hear, (laughs) but, um, I was like, you know what, Lord, I'll do it. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't know why you're asking me to stay here. The way I've been jumping, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think I need to hang up my spikes. I just, I knew that that was what the Lord was calling me to do. And I would be disobedient not to. And so you had, you heard that from him and responded like in your, you just to him in prayer with your yes, before you ever knew if pole vault was going to be like what you did. I had never brought it up to my coach at that point. I still thought it was a crazy idea. Because you really didn't want to high jump again. 
unless you yeah, your not really was, yeah, yeah yeah okay performance was not there and I just I was like I think this is time for me to retire yeah yeah so that's a whole I mean I just want to make sure people are understanding the context was you did not know for sure but the Lord came to you and said will you trust me even if you don't get the response of yes you can switch to pole vault and I think that's so huge in discernment and following the Lord, because oftentimes that is what happens. Like the Lord will come, we will perceive him, discern that it's him. And then we're, we're left with this, like, am I going to say yes? You know, we Mm -hmm. sing these songs in church, um, at FCA or whatever. It's like, I give myself away, um, all to you. I surrender like these songs. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but then we have these critical moments where, it's like, oh, wait, are we really going to do that? Um, so I love how you describe that. And one of the things that Helen Claire mentioned that I don't know if this is, you know, makes sense to everybody. But for me, whenever you mentioned like I didn't hear an audible voice, but this I just knew that it was him. I like to kind of describe at least what I experience when that happens is like I have a thought in my mind and almost like not pressure on my chest, but this impression inside. Yeah. It, like it is like a physical feeling too. And so when those things kind of happen simultaneously, I'm like, okay, pay attention. And so I just want to, if that helps anybody that's listening, because I think that again, discernment can be, can feel elusive. But I think that as you begin to pay attention to um, how the Lord is, talking to you or what you're reading in scripture, like you, you really do start seeing some patterns emerge and and some answers um, and paying attention to your thoughts as you're praying and things like that. And I, I think that you've mentioned a few times, like you journal, journaling is a great way to kind of keep track of like what scriptures were, what, what God's speaking through me through scripture, what he's speaking to me through prayer. And sometimes I'll put things that people have said or script sermons I've listened to, things like that. So just trying to give even more tools to people that are listening because it's going to flesh out different for everyone. But these are kind of the rhythms that we can experience with the Lord and want to encourage you to pay attention to in your lives, those of you who are listening. So we're going to take a short break and then come back and hear how it went when Helen Claire finally got the opportunity to talk to her coach and just where she is now. Living out your faith in college can be a challenge, let alone in your sport. But it doesn't have to be. Come join FCA in the Crane Theater Room in the Shower Field House on Monday nights at 8 p.m. to fellowship with other athletes and encounter God together. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, welcome back. So Helen Claire, I know our listeners want to know how the end of the story has how, how it went and then just kind of where you are now and how you're feeling about, you know, approaching this season coming up. Yeah. So after that meet, I want to say it was maybe two weeks that I was still wrestling with. Okay. I want to bring this up because even at that point, I still don't think that pole vaulting was the answer I was looking for to stay mm-hmm. because I don't know. It just wasn't even something I thought about so, or I had thought about it, but I didn't think it was going to happen. And so for the next two weeks, I was just wrestling with how do I bring this up? And I talked to my friends and my friends were like, have you done it? Have you done it? (laughs) Go. And And every day it was, no, I haven't. Because I believe that the Lord will open doors Mm -hmm. and provide those conversations to happen in his timing. And so we were at practice one day. It was an early morning. I think I was practicing at 715. And my coach was talking to one of my other teammates that was a pole vaulter. And he said, you know, you would have been a good I mean, she was a high jumper. He said, you would have been a good bull vaulter. 
And I just, my heart was racing. Yeah, and I was like, like well, now that like, you mention it, <laughs> this is it. And so I stepped in and I was like, would you ever consider letting me pole vault again? He didn't even know that I had pole vaulted in high school because that last year was his first year. And he was like, go pick up a pole. So wow. I picked one up for four years. Uh, after four years. And it was really cool because I think that date was just around four years since I had last pole vaulted in high school. And so from there, I started practicing and I was doing both at the time. And that was kind of, we had agreed that I would high jump and pole vault. Then we get to indoor SECs. I had not started competing pole vault yet. And I was still high jumping. And I remember going into that meet and I was just so nervous. Like I have so many pages in my journal of me just like scribbling down my thoughts. I was frustrated just based on my performance for the year before, just that whole season and seeing it. I was like, Lord, I do not understand. Like, I feel like I've put in the work. I work hard at practice. I've done all the right things and yet I'm still not jumping well. Like I, Mm. I just didn't understand. I remember just writing like, Lord, I'm just laying it all down at the cross. Like, Mm. It's not what I want. It's not my dreams. I believe that you have a plan and that your timing is perfect. And I don't understand it. I wish I did, but I don't. So I'm just, I'm laying it down. And whatever happens, it happens. And I trust you and you're good no matter what. So going into Nora CC's, the opening bar was higher than I had jumped all season. I remember just like I was nervous, but at the same time I had so much peace Mm -hmm. because I felt like I had been in such close relationship with the Lord that I just had peace from him that couldn't have been from anything else. And I prayed that his will would be done no matter what it was. So I ended up clearing that bar on my third attempt and it was a really good jump, better than I had. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, then that following Monday, that was the only bar I cleared. The following Monday, my coach, we were talking and he said, you know, this is up to you, but would you want to only bowl bowl? And I was like, yeah, He's yeah. Like, you can go back and think about it. And I was like, no, yeah, I yeah, know. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool because I believe that the Lord gave me that bar mm-hmm. at SEC's, that one that I cleared on my third attempt mm-hmm. because I was fully relying on him in that yeah. moment. Just kind of his closure to mm-hmm. the four yeah, years, so you know, good. just yeah. like I cleared the bar. It was a good jump. And then that was it. Yeah. And so then following that, I started pole vaulting only. I competed at our first indoor or first outdoor meet of the season in Miami. And then I jumped at our home meet. And after that, I started having issues with my back. I think just the transition, having back pain, ended up taking the rest of the season off just to heal because I knew I had this season coming up. But yeah, it was just really cool to see the Lord's answer to I had been praying and I thought I had wanted this one thing like all throughout the fall. I was praying for to high jump well Mm. never even considering another option and it was when i believe that i was obedient it wasn't immediate obedience it definitely was wrestling but when i just gave it up and told the lord like i'll follow you and it's not about me that he gave me more Mm -hmm. than i could have asked for Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's just that was been a foundational part of my walk with the lord just because i felt like for many months I was walking so closely with him mm-hmm. and you know there's times the relationships ebbs and flows and it's not always you know you hear from him and that was one of the few times that I have just so sure. clearly um, but I can really hold on to that knowing that you know I prayed and he answered and it wasn't exactly what I had in mind but it was better than what I had in mind. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so thankful that you've shared your story. I really feel like someone who listens needs to hear like everything that you said. 
And so whoever that is that's listening, we just bless you to understand um, what it is that Helen Claire has described and that you're not alone um, because there's, there's not, there are, there, you know, you're, you discerning this, there was no verse that said, Helen Claire, you are supposed to do X, right? Mm -hmm. It was that you knew the promises of God and you knew his character. And so as we see things shape up in our lives, it's like we we're trying to bring some kind of image together, like what's happening in our present reality with the truth of who God is and, and inform our like next step. And I think that there can be a lot of fear around that, like that we're going to mess up or get something wrong. But God is so good and his grace is so vast that like we can't screw this up, Mm -hmm. you know, but there is something that he wants to, he wants us to trust him. He wants us to step into, like you said, like it wasn't what you expected, but it's like better than you expected. And so there's just so much about your story that demonstrates that. And I know we could probably sit here and extract a lot more things about it, but we'll wrap up. But I just thank you for just sharing. And, you know, there might be some athletes or you know, people that just hear this and want to just follow your story because this story is not over, right? You <laughs> yeah. have all season. We're going to see what God does through all of this. So if you have a way they can connect with you on social media, do you mind sharing that? Yeah. My Instagram is HC Edmonds, D-D-M-O-N-D-S. <laughs> awesome. So we look forward to following your story through the season and just thanks for being on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Created to Be podcast. To learn more about Mississippi State FCA, visit www.msufca.org and follow us on Instagram at HailStateFCA underscore. If you would like to become a financial partner, visit www.fca.org slash donate to sow into the work God is doing through FCA at Mississippi State.